fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy and Some Flights podcast. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And tonight we've got a special guest with us, Jason from D20 Woodworking. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing great. It's weird to like, you know, be talking with you on a Wednesday and not be like talking to other people and playing a living card game, but and just <laughs> instead be recording an episode about living card games. So right, it's, it's <laughs> you're nice pretty change. adjacent. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's honestly kind of nice to do this on the podcast because I'm actually just playing the game right now while you guys just talk <laughs> about whatever. So it's, and that's fair. <laughs> yeah, for that's actually that's how I pass most of my time too. So <laughs> might as well. Yeah. I love it. There you go. It's like, you know, you're kind of hedging your bets. Like, hey, we're only getting half of your attention, you know, half of your brain space at any given time. So if he says <laughs> something stupid, guys, it's, it's not his fault. It's, a, it's the fact that he's playing a living card game. Yeah, <laughs> totally cool. To Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So if you actually hop over to uh, D20 Woodworking's YouTube channel, you'll see this live stream going on right now but you know he's muted us and he's just playing it's a top-down view so. <laughs> <laughs> he just sounds like a crazy person just I, responding to random thoughts. i didn't think you guys knew about that so this is super <laughs> awkward I, I subscribe to your channel i get a notification like now <laughs> oh, mm, i didn't think that went through <laughs> yeah yeah well okay so we're since we're already on the topic let's let's uh let's talk about you uh jason tell me a little bit about yourself what do you do what's your channel promote yourself a little bit uh, yes. Yeah, so my name is Jason. I'm a cancer. I like long walks on the beach. <laughs> this is what you're asking for, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I run D20 Woodworking. It's an Instagram channel and now a YouTube channel. Uh, primarily, I got into the space to actually make board game accessories out of wooden components. Um and then kind of just kept taking pictures of different stuff, got more and more involved in the Instagram community itself. And then I told myself at the end of 2019, I would start playing more solo games because all my friends were having kids and they were completely used useless to me with board games. So I started playing solo. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it, it's it's 100% true. So um, and, and then the world supported that decision. Well, yeah, because <laughs> I was starting to like it. And I was like, okay, I'll just spend a little bit of money on this. And then COVID. And I was like, what's money? <laughs> And then, yeah, I just, I ended up doing a lot more uh, solo board gaming and focusing on that. It's been fantastic and just kind of promoting that. And I, I will say I have bought some stuff off of D20 Woodworking's Etsy shop and they are really nice components. I got some component holders, some uh, card holders, highly recommend them. We'll, we'll throw some links in the show notes and in the podcast description, just so you have easy access to that because what is money? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just so you all know, he liked it so much. He never left a review or anything. So I thought I did. Uh, you might have. I, I really- I, um, <laughs> I was like, this helps him, so I'm going to do it. You're the only review I've ever done on Etsy. <laughs> what no, is nice? <laughs> and then also, I, I, you, I don't know if you... Yeah, you kind of said it, but you do do live streams of solo games. And so that that's something that you've started pretty recently after you saw my riveting success on on the Living Card Gamer Twitch channel with my three viewers. Honestly, so, honestly what I saw was that you were crushing it on twitch you were absolutely crushing it <laughs> hand over fist money and i said sponsorships how, how can i milk this cash cow like how can i get on this too? Um, the cash cow that is solo 
LCG gaming yeah. on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> you have exactly one competitor, and you're like, I can enter this space. And you're talking to us. <laughs> yeah, and he's on every week. Yeah, so. right? <laughs> and we work together. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I saw you doing it, and I was like, let's do this. Actually, no, so I piggybacked you off of you for like a month, right? Because I just did yeah. your channel, and I was like, oh, I could do this better. So I went over <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and Got proceeded him. to do it better. Yeah, so, <laughs> you're welcome. But it it has, it has been fun, kind of seeing one your living card games, but also you play other games. I, I've seen you play Too Many Bones, uh, Veil Wrath or Veil Wrath or Veil Veil Wraith. Or, but yeah, you got close. Yeah. That's good. Cool. I, yeah, yeah, I got yeah, close. Yeah, that's fine. So, but yeah, so go go check out Jason. He, he is the living card game expert. So we decided to have him on the podcast talking all about living card games. And so I'm excited to hear his, his take on living card games. I've, I'm have i kind of new to it. Jason's been here a little bit longer. And I think, uh, Dalton, you've you, you played a couple. And so we've got kind of like all, all levels of experience. Yes. <laughs> He's experimented with them now. Dalton has touched the space (laughs) he knows the name he knows of cards yeah i know know how cards work excellent before we jump into their our our main topic our main discussion let's talk about what we are drinking what's on our flights so dalton you want to start us out yeah yeah i am drinking um rittenhouse rye um bottled and bond um so this is heaven hill's sort of flagship rye heaven hill being like elijah craig and, and those guys nice it is it's a pretty common staple, I would say, at a lot of like bars. Um, just as a as a middle of the road, relatively cheap rye, um, twenty five to thirty kind of price point, and a decent bang for the buck at bottled and bond. Um, one of the requirements of being bottled and bond is that it's always a hundred proof. And so if oh, you ever see okay. that, it's always a hundred proof. Um, so you exactly get, oh. or minimum. Exactly, like it, it's always oh, at hundred cool. proof. That when I say bang for your buck, that, that's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> it's not exactly a favorite of mine. I think it has a, like a little bit of an acrid aftertaste. And I think it's kind of like middle of the road, I guess, kind of like basic. Um, it's probably a two cheers for me. Um, I, I just had, I hadn't had it, and we like Elijah Craig a lot, and so I was like, well, I should probably try their like flagship rye. <laughs> um, and so, oh, oh, I think a lot of bars keep it around for like mixing. Like it makes a good Manhattan. It makes a good, you know, because gotcha. it, it has that strong proof. It has like natural rye flavors. Um, and some of the, like the like weird aftertaste things probably get masked when you mix it anyway. So pretty pretty good for that purpose. I'm I'm drinking it with uh, with an ice cube that's relatively melted now. Um, but it's <laughs> you know because again because of the hundred proof it's going to hold up to that and the like cooling effect and the um, water kind of help mitigate some of those things that I don't like about it. I'm mean, gonna end up just being kind of like an okay sipping rye. Anyways, I meant to bring it on for those two reasons. First, to talk a little bit about Bottled and Bond and to talk about the fact that it's Seven Hills and we haven't tried it yet. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. <laughs> I love it. It's a little too bad that it's only a two cheers for you. but we, Yeah, and I think need... a lot of people like it better than that. So that, that may oh, just gotcha. be a me thing. Um, like Again, it's featured in a lot of bars. A lot of people speak very highly of it. Um, I would encourage people to try it because it's relatively cheap and it's Bottled and Bond and it's a rye. Mm. Um, at that price point that's decent at that price point not a lot of rise are um, so i think it's definitely worth trying for a lot of people i just don't know that i would like pursue getting it again personally gotcha all righty jason what what's on your flight all right so i am drinking johnny walker's a song of fire to blend his scotch whiskey um <laughs> according to them it's a unique blend of johnny walker and sons established no um so it's, <laughs> it's do you have the bottle with you by any chance i sure do i was about to say 
got the dragon yeah, on had, it and everything. Yeah, I've had that whiskey then. Yeah. Was, was yours like 70% off? Because mine was when I got it. So. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> you got yours after season eight came out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> can, can, we, can we actually change the whole discussion just to talk about that? And just, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I got it like a, a few months back. And yeah, it was like 60, 70% off. So it was like $18. And I was like, wow. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll try <laughs> it for that for sure. <laughs> right. um, Don't want to lose money. Yeah. And so when, when I got it, I thought naturally this is just Johnny Walker red label, right? Like it's, it's gotta just be red label and they just change the red label yeah. to a different red label. And it's, it's weirder than that. It's, it, it almost tastes like water in the beginning. Like they watered down the red label. Of course. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Um, but it, 70% water. Yeah. Right. And you know, 30% you don't want to talk about it, but um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not bad. Um, I, I would also give mine two cheers. If somebody gave this to me, I would, I would drink it, but I also, mm. so I like very peaty scotches in general. And this just is not it. Like, give me, give me the Lagavulin 16s, right? The uh, Lafaregs, like th- those things. Like, just not, not this. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you a fan of like Johnny Walkers in general? I, yeah, I'll drink it. Um, okay. I like, uh, what's, what's the second tier? Like black, I think. Um, I, I think don't it's like, I think it's like red, black, green. I don't know. I've, I've had the blue one and, that wasn't that good. <laughs> like, I'm still, really? I'm still okay. shocked. <laughs> my buddy bought it and he's just like, bro, this thing costs 250 bucks. It has to be good. And I was like, well, I don't think that's how those things work, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we tried it and I was like, yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to insult you. He was like, do you want another glass? It's like, oh, I'll get a yickling. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. So it's red, black, double black, green, gold, blue is how it goes. Double black? Yeah. I don't think I've ever even heard of that. No, I don't think I've yeah, that's kind of, a, that's, that's kind a of a weird. That's weird. And you know, it's it's weird too. Like, okay, so red, black, that all makes sense. Double black kind of makes sense. Green? Like, where does green come from? Like, gold, I get. And like, blue, okay, like, blue is kind of like a royalish color. Like, green? Like, that's that's moldy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I kind of would have expected green to be the lowest. Right? Yeah, right? Yeah, entry. Yeah. Yeah, I would kind of associate those two. I would yeah. think so too. But you are right that the um, I was just doing some quick like Google work. So the the ice and fire is at least at a price point around red normally. Okay, um, gotcha. So red retails at around thirty, and the ice and fire will retail around like the thirty five or something like that. Where black is up around fifty. Are they still selling it? I assume. Like they still got oh, like, money involved, right? With- yeah, so, think- someone has to like Game of Thrones still. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a blend, so they can make it whenever they want. Right? Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah that's very true. <laughs> I, don't, I kind of assumed that they're that they're not, but let's see. Well, and they're still coming out with like the other shows, right? On HBO, like they're still planning yeah. it at least. So I guess maybe there's still mm-hmm. a market in that sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just like a it's a weird you know horse to hitch onto right, right. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so just like I don't know. It could be horrible. It could be great. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe they. If should. I was in charge of marketing, I would not be promoting Game of Thrones at this point. Right? Yeah. I, I would just like, who's the, the hot the IP? You know, like where's your, where's my Dune whiskey? You know, yeah. Right? <laughs> Dune whiskey, Wheel of Time whiskey would be all right. Wheel of right Time now. whiskey. Yes. Yep. Like, come on. Yes. Alrighty, and then I'm going to top it off with another mediocre uh, drink. I'm actually drinking Maker's Mark. So, like regular, not forty six. Yeah. No, yeah, just regular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I picked it up because of the classic trademark red wax 
and I just thought that was cool. And I also was like, I don't think I've ever had like a bottle of Maker's Mark and owned a bottle of Maker's Mark. And I don't think I ever want to own another bottle of Maker's Mark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I don't love it. I it, like, yeah. like it looks really cool. It looks classy on the shelf, but it kind of tastes like gasoline. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> coming, coming strong in with yeah. those like estery flavors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, it it is very. It doesn't hide the alcohol taste very well. It, it's pretty mm. harsh, and so I, I've heard the forty six is much better. I'll, I will definitely try that. This is a two cheers for me as well. It's. I mean, like if someone gave it to me, I'd drink it. But it's not something that I'm going to go out of my way and spend thirty five dollars on a, a store again. Yep. So you know, there's just just other better whiskeys for that price point. And so I'm glad I tried it. I'm glad I got it. I. It looks cool on the shelf, and then. Yeah. I guess if no one knows about whiskey and you mm-hmm. pour the Maker's Mark, they're like, ooh, nice, okay. Yeah. Like, I'm getting and treated I, I fancy here. Personally, I'm probably not super surprised by that, only because I, in my experience, I don't think this is true across the board, but in my experience, like with my friends, with especially with like newer whiskey drinkers, I think people tend to either like weeded whiskeys or rye, yeah. heavy, like high rye whiskeys. And Maker's is a, is a weeded whiskey, and you tend yeah. to like rye whiskeys. Yeah, um, that that's true. And so it's also like you can compare directly if going back to Heaven Hill, you can compare directly between like Larceny and, and Elijah Craig, right? Where Larceny is a weeded whiskey. Um, and so gotcha. if you like like that, then you you might like Maker's Mark. And if you don't, then you won't probably. <laughs> you know? Right. No, I was going to say one of my first work trips with my my newest publisher I have, and he's been with us for a while now. We on a work trip and, I, and, you know, everyone gets drinks and whatnot. And I always order bourbon. I, I just always drink bourbon. Classy. Yeah. I mean, because you, all right. Here, here's the truth. <laughs> I have like the smallest bladder in the world. So if I start drinking beer nonstop, like, I don't have to go to the bathroom and I'm trying to like sell stuff to people. And it's like, all right, I got you in this middle of the deal. And oh, by the way, I have to go pee. Let's stay right here where we are. It's so, like, I drink bourbon because it's just, you know, I can run. And then plus like people think like you're more uh, like when you're drinking beer, right? People will try to keep forcing another beer on you. But when you drink yeah. bourbon, they won't because they're, they're in their weird mind. They're like, oh, one glass of bourbon is like 10 beers. And it's like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, and you can keep sipping it and like look cool without actually right? getting all that drunk. Right. <laughs> so one of the first work trips him and I went on, uh, he, he kind of likes bourbon. And so I ordered Maker's Mark because it's lower on the, you know, the shelf yeah. and whatever. And he's like, Jason, we have an expense account. You can get something that's good. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> that's great. That is really funny. <laughs> But it's got the wax seal, man. It looks cool. It's got the wax seal. It looks dope. My dad has actually dipped his own bottle, which is pretty cool. Is, yeah. Speaking of sales, right? Whoever came up with that, it's like, yeah, that's right? a winner. Like, they're <laughs> easy buy. You know? Like, oh, yeah. Totally take home the yeah. bottle. I don't I, even I like makers, it's... but I'm taking home the bottle if I dip well, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a two cheers unless I'm dipping my own seal, in which is, it's ten, a four cheers. Ten, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ten cheers. It's a 12 cheers. I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and talk about like just like marketing with stuff like that. And, uh, uh, what is it? Blanton's with like that little horse on top, right? Yeah. And Blanton's, each one yeah. has like a different letter. So you have to collect yep. them all. And like, yep. it's the hardest to find some of those letters. Like I went to the uh, Buffalo Trace facility and they were talking about it. And they're like, oh yeah, we, we kind of make some of the letters a little, a little more rare. <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. And they're like, but you can send all the letters back for free and we'll put it on this piece of wood for you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty awesome, though. But see, like, if that was I, a I board realize. game thing, you would buy it, right? So. Oh, yeah. I'm still buying plans. Are you kidding me? I'm, doing <laughs> I'm just mad about yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I'm a woodworker. I'll just do that myself. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So before we hop into the main topic, let's get to know Jason a little bit better. So 
kind of our icebreaker question for guests a lot of the times is tell me your favorite board game, book, and drink. So let's start with board game. What is your favorite board game and why is it Marvel Champions? All right. So Marvel Champions is uh, <laughs> a bit lower on my list than this game. Um, huh? My favorite. Yeah, I know. Curve balls all around. Uh, <laughs> my favorite is Too Many Bones. It's it's a game that I absolutely love the pieces. Um, you know, production value is fantastic. All that stuff. I mean, the normal stuff you read about waterproof, like all that stuff is fun. But you know, it's funny. I was just talking to another guy about this and he said, all right, you know, Jason, if they stripped all of that out, made the game cheaper, would you still love it as much as you do? And truthfully, I would, um, you know, all that stuff is just extra bonuses, but to me, it's just such a unique concept of taking this gear lock, leveling it up a different way each time, going through a scenario completely different each time. Like it's really hard to ever play the same game twice. Um, and I like that about games. I want, I want each experience to be like a unique story that you play. And I, I don't know. I'm I'm a sucker for rolling date dice. Like I hate I hate <laughs> luck, but yet just it's just something satisfying about it. So um yeah, it's just my my favorite game in the world. Yeah. And I know that like we, we talked a little bit about it on the Board Avengers episode, but Nelson mm. and I I don't think have directly talked about this game on the podcast. So could you give just like a, a quick summary of what the game is for someone who's not familiar with it? Uh yeah. So essentially um you're a gear lock, just picture like this weird hobbit looking thing. And <laughs> each one, there, uh, there might be like 12 or 13 of them at this point, but they're all very different. So it's very, uh, you know, asymmetrical. Um, and you're going to go fight a tyrant, which is just like the ultimate bad guy. And in order to get to that point, you have X amount of days and you have to get X amount of progress. Now for the days, it varies, the progress varies, whatever. But basically a day is you pull out this card out of a deck. Um, usually it's randomized ahead of time, except for the first couple of days. And you have choices on it. You can either fight some stuff, maybe not fight some stuff. It kind of throws you. Sometimes you have to like carry chips a certain way. Sometimes you have to flick dice on the map. Like it does some weird stuff that's pretty cool and interesting. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, so, so that, like, yeah I, I love those meta Type, not even meta rules but like flick this dice and it's like oh that's kind of weird i like that yeah like there are some fun things and like there's mini games in the game you have to play with like dangerous darts and whatnot um and you know there's like a whole section of rule book dedicated to that but um yeah so that's basically the basic concept is you build this gear lock to go through these days you're rolling dice to for attack or skills or defense or whatever else and as you advance you level up slowly so your gear lock is hopefully getting stronger as you go along getting better and then fights the fi final tyrant at the end and then now with all the expansions and stuff there's you know ways to do campaigns ways to do other things and, and whatever but um that's like the very basic version of it yeah it it the production quality is off the charts i bought it after recording the board ventures episode when jason convinced me to do that when i was fairly intoxicated you're welcome so <laughs> you're welcome. i'm happy to take advantage of you in that point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and and i just unboxed it about a week or two ago and it is gorgeous i mean absolutely phenomenal the box is giant giant it doesn't fit on a calyx shelf like i mean it's a it's a huge box but I mean, like it's they're like poker chips are your pieces, and it just like I can't wait to play. Yeah, and I mean, I I hate to tell you, but you should probably you know buy the premium health chips so your health chips are heavier. And like moving around a stack of poker chips, it's it's like the best feeling in the world. Like I I <laughs> I love that experience. And like when I'm sitting there, I do it on stream. And it's probably annoying, but like I click all the poker chips. So I'm sure I I, I have a bad habit of doing that. Yeah, so I'm sure on stream, all you hear is like. Or you just see me staring at like the board. You just hear like <laughs> clickety clack, clickety clack, clickety clack, and you're like, do something. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I assume it's coming from you. I assume it is one player. What does it go up to? Uh, it will go up to four. I okay. honestly would never recommend it for four. As much as I love the game, one of the biggest faults of it is it's too easy at four, in my opinion. Uh, mm. Three, oh, okay. it's a little better. Because it's cooperative, right? Yeah, so it's cooperative. You're all working together. I won't, I, I won't say what it is because I hate spoiling things for people, but there is a way in that game to make it stupidly easy in the core box to like win all the time. Um, and they mm. fixed it over time. And this new... It's not a Kickstarter. It's a game founder. I don't even know what you call them nowadays, but their new game found campaign is trying to like address a lot of that stuff. So you can play the core box a lot more, but um, anyway, stuff like that, somebody in a four player game will figure that out naturally and it'll be very easy. Uh, But two players is super hard. So it's a lot of fun to play at two players and solo is a lot of fun too. And you could, you know, do two handed too. And that's fun. Awesome. Yeah. It looks great. What about, uh, what about your favorite book? So I know on your discord, I wrote um, the stand and I really enjoy the stand by Stephen King. It is one of my favorite books, but I started thinking about it more and I do the same thing with like board games, right? If I was to get rid of one game from my collection, one at a time, what's the last game I would end up with in the very end. That's, that's <laughs> obviously my favorite, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the way to think about it. Yeah. So um, I did that with my books after I answered that question. Cause I felt like your little bot put me on the spot and I was like, I have to respond. <laughs> It's an aggressive bot. It is. I will, I will give you that. Like it was, it was private messaging me. It's like you did not respond to this yet. <laughs> you have you have fifteen minutes yeah, until but, what? Uh, yeah, it didn't even tell me. Like, tell me, bye, tell me. <laughs> Um, but I, I you need to like create a fake account and make sure that you know he's kidding. <laughs> he's not. Uh, <laughs> it's scary. Why? That's why I haven't used your your Discord. But um, oh man, uh, no, I'm actually just too busy in Chip Theory Games Discord, you know, geeking out on this stuff. Um, but uh, so I was thinking about, it, and it's, it's probably honestly my second favorite book. My probably my favorite book is actually Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky. Um, oh okay, I'm a huge Dostoevsky fan in general, and I forgot. Like I've been going through all this other like little not as well-known works recently and i'm like ah it's not that good whatever and then like as i was looking through my bookshelf i was like oh yeah crime punishment oh yeah i really like that book (laughs) (laughs) so it it might be a toss up between the two of them but um so it depends which day you get me dude i haven't read crime and punishment since junior year of high school we never even then i don't i don't know if i like read it actually i think i probably (laughs) just did the spark notes because i don't like being told to read things you don't read it it reads you yeah it's one of those books Whoa, that's deep. <laughs> it is a bit Insight, of a shame, though. It's like almost deep everyone's deep. that way, right? Where if they are forced to read, like Ender's Game is one of our favorite books, and and I know there are like schools that reco- that it was required reading for, and people just hated it. And I remember like it was my school was one of those schools, and I didn't read it because I had read the book like four times at that point, and I was like, I got this. Like I don't need to read this book, and I was like super excited to talk about it. all my classmates like hated it, and it's like well, why? Like it's a cool sci-fi. Kids are shooting each other. Like yeah. it's yeah. a ton of fun, you know. <laughs> And yeah. It's not like crime and punishment or something, you know. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. Like, no one should like that. Right, but the point is, you just like I don't know. You're right, Nelson. You like rage against the machine, right? Like I don't, I don't want to <laughs> read this if I have to, and you end up hating books. It's a bit of a shame. It's it's really sad too, because there are a lot. Like, so we read like a lot of the classic literatures in, in high school, or whatever. And I remember I hated all of them naturally, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then when I was an adult, I reread them. I was like, oh, like. Stuff was good. I should have. I should have probably listened in school. I probably wouldn't be a journalist if I actually listened. So, what about the third pillar? What is your favorite drink? Alcoholic, of course. Oh, that changes things. Okay. Um, <laughs> Orange juice. Uh, coffee. Well, I mean, favorite drink of all time is just coffee. Like I. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I would yeah. just drink that all the time. But um, no, favorite favorite alcohol is, is Four Roses single barrel. 
I'm a huge Four Roses mm. fan in general. Uh, I love their stuff. I like Small Batch, but I just like the harshness of this, the the you know single barrel. Um, I like harsher bourbons. Like I think I don't know. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. me trying to prove something. I don't know. But um, <laughs> I'm a man. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Look at me. They're like I don't know. It's the same brown thing. Like, um, but no, I'm a, a huge fan because I I actually just like single barrels in general. Because mm-hmm. I always, I, I do always feel like you're getting a slightly different bourbon every single time you get like a different batch. Um, so uh, yeah, buy Four Roses single barrel. I've never had Four Roses. It's good. I've had, yeah, barrel. I've had the small batch a couple times. That's good. Um, yeah. And I think for me it was like okay, um, but yeah. I've been meaning to pick up a single barrel for that reason um, because it's an extremely well established distillery. Like it's it's going to have good single barrel, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. they like taste the barrel and they're like this one's worth it you know like <laughs> <laughs> i guess we'll I sell this one for 60 bucks yeah uh, <laughs> right it's like i probably believe them yeah but yeah with small bat like i like that's how i got so i got started like the very basic was like the yellow bottle and i was like oh my god why do people like this stuff like and I, I mean, yeah, <laughs> don't get me wrong i still have a bottle upstairs but um i was like this isn't for really for me and then i tried small batch because everyone's like this is so phenomenal small batch and, like i thought it was okay and then single barrel it's like you know i like i like this like I think it's good, especially for its price point where it is and then the taste and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I I do think the small batch is a bit of a hype thing where like you try it and everyone says it's really good and you're like, it's kind of okay. And then you go back to it and you're like, this is probably better than I remember when you like don't have an expectation for it. But it's like, it's one of those things at the price point at the, you know, it's, it's good for what it is. Yes. Yes. I feel that way with like a lot of different bourbons and heck even board games, right? There's just so much hype around certain things. They like... Just the way I am too. I'm just like, no, it's not good. Everyone's wrong. <laughs> I'm the only one who sees this yeah. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> You're all peasants. <laughs> so, so when Jason does say a game is good, it's true. It's basically what we're saying. Yeah. So the game of life, Monopoly, fantastic, best creations ever. Uno, fantastic, and all that stuff. Yeah. Apples, apples. Uno attack. Uno attack. Yeah. Masterpieces. Great. <laughs> all right let's it's get into the topic game. before we lose them yeah <laughs> all righty so let's hop into the main topic which we're talking about living card games or lcgs for short and so these are games produced exclusively by fantasy flight game wait no that's not actually true it seems like it though um <laughs> but jason since you're the expert can you give us a rundown of what an lcg is Sure. It is uh, short for the living card games. Um, <laughs> and it's, you know, produced by uh, fancy flight games. No, it's, um you know, basically the way I look at it is, a, is a, a card series game where you can actually physically buy everything, right? Without like wondering if a random booster pack isn't going to have the cards you wanted, right? It's a set series that usually has a cycle, let's say. Um, I, I don't even know yeah. if cycle is just the overall arching term. Or it's only what Fantasy Flight uses. but It's what FFG uses. Okay. So like that cycle, whatever they want else people want to call it, like, you know, there's a certain progression of what it is. And you, sometimes they expand upon each other. Sometimes they don't. And sometimes they throw in different random packs and whatnot. So that's how I would explain that. And everyone should play it. <laughs> They are more accessible than like what we would consider like a trading card game or a collectible card game, which you mentioned booster packs, which I hope everyone has the memory of running through Toys R Us trying to get 
the newest Pokemon booster pack because that's you know one of my fondest memories and hoping <laughs> that you have you know the, your favorite Pokemon in the pack <laughs> where <laughs> and then you spend way too much money on flesh and blood or something get me the foils hoping- yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you want the holographic yeah. you, you want you want to collect the games and living card games are separated from that because when you buy a pack you know exactly what cards are in the pack yeah so like ffg even goes to they have a qr code on the back of every single pack and you can scan it to see all the cards inside the pack and so it takes out that element of randomness it doesn't teach kids how to gamble and all of that so so it's pretty (laughs) which is good yeah 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 yeah, it's a more ethical business model i think um (laughs) <laughs> it still I say that generally as a joke, maintains probably, the, like, yeah. the feeling of deck building, right? Yes. Um, not in like a like a deck builder sense, like Dominion or something like that. Um, but in the sense that the you have access to like the cards, you don't ne- necessarily have a like deck of cards that you have to play. Um, generally, they'll maintain that element of like some sort of like deck building rules that you have to abide by. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the players are allowed a, a certain element of freedom um, and kind of coming up with like whatever crazy combinations of decks that they can that they can and try and get the you know either tuned for to do something specific or beat this specific campaign or um, just be a meme, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that that's a really good point and something that I guess you know I'll, I'll just pose the question. We'll just go right into it. So. I guess, Jason, do you enjoy building your decks or playing your decks more in a living card game? Um, oh, God. Playing. No, I'm playing. Um, okay. Because I, I, I'm one of those people I like to see results. So, like, I know there's a lot of people like the theoreticals, right? Like, oh, if I do this, it can do this, it can do this. And yeah. they like to, like, figure it all out and math it out that way. And the problem is I, I just don't have maybe the imagination or the, or the constructive you know, brain power to do that because I, I throw a bunch of cards together. And I go, oh, I hope this works and I play it. <laughs> and when it doesn't, I'm like, well, at least I know now, like that was a terrible decision. So <laughs> I like, I really like playing through it. And I think to me, that's the fun of it, especially with Lord of the Rings. I think Lord of the Rings is on a different level where what's always interesting to me with these games is you'll see a card and you'll be like, oh, I love this card, right? This is a phenomenal card. I'm going to do it. And then it'll come up as you're playing it and you go, man, I would never play this card, right? And then, like, you just throw it aside, <laughs> and you do it over and over and over, and you realize quickly, like, oh, maybe this card isn't as good as I thought it was because, yes, it's a good card in itself, but in the situation, it never is. And that, to me, is always kind of the exciting, interesting thing. Yeah. Dalton, what about you? Do you enjoy uh, deck building or playing the game more? Yeah, I don't I don't know that I know any, like, LCGs well enough to be able to answer it. Um, okay. I, I would fair. say, like, in a lot of... I enjoy theory crafting in general. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I enjoy having conversations with people around like, would this work or something like that? Um, but I've never like gotten into an LCG deep, you know, deep enough uh, yeah. to like, to actually be able to make, kind of make the comparison. Yeah. I, I'm opposite of you, Jason. Mm. And so I, I love deck building. I like yeah. the ideas of it. I like trying to figure out the, the weird ways, the weird combos to make everything work. And, you know, playing it is almost like the prize that, that you get once you build the deck, right? Like you, you gone through the exciting exercise and theory crafted everything, and then you get to try and see if it works. And I think that's why I didn't love Arkham horror mm. as much the first time because mm. I didn't get to build my deck. I like, I, so the the person running it through helped me build my deck and like we we built it together but I didn't understand the cards I didn't really yeah. know the game well enough to be that deep into the deck building experience yeah. and so that's why I'm really excited to get back into Arkham Horror because I, I know it has that it has that depth and uh, of cards and to build the deck and so 
I, I don't know. It was just kind of an interesting question that I that I just wanted yeah. to know the kind of answer of because I I really almost enjoy setting up the game more than I like playing the game, which is not true for any other <laughs> game. <laughs> and I would say like LCGs on the whole that like that that kind of always happens, right? right? Like the first time right. you play an LCG, whoever owns the game builds your deck for you yeah right? like you <laughs> yep um it's kind of a misstep or maybe not a misstep but it's just it's just an inherent failing of lcgs that you yeah. you almost you almost can't like you almost can't build your right. own deck like maybe jason could like if he was introduced <laughs> to like some new lcg right um and, and nelson maybe you as well like where you have enough experience with lcgs in general to where you could like make an attempt of it but like whatever deck you would build would be flawed inherently in some way right mm, and then you right. would likely have a have a hard time maybe even fail at whatever you're trying to do because of that and for some people that's really disappointing right and so they in order to like curb that someone introducing a friend or whatever to an lcg um, will build the deck for them so that it's at least a functioning deck whereas like you guys could like maybe build a deck and be like oh i'm such an idiot like that didn't work at all the way i thought it would <laughs> i say that every single time yeah <laughs> <laughs> you still say that. well you know it's funny nelson too like because you know when we play together and whatever it, it's it's always fun to play with you because you'll sit there and do things that I would have never thought of. Like, like I always, pick, I always put that with your decks. Like you, you start doing something cool with your deck. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing there? <laughs> and you're like, well, no, this card works for this and whatever, whatever. And I was like, huh, I would have never thought to like experiment with that and just like try to mess up. So it's, it's always fun too. In that sense, like when you get, when, once you get into deck building and you find somebody else who like kind of gets into deck building too, like, cause you're my mind automatically when I pull, like, let's just do Marvel champions for a quick second. If I pull out aggression, right in my head, I'm already like, okay, I want clobber. I want piercing strike. Like, I'm already, I'm already right, building yeah, it halfway yeah. there and I'm limiting myself because even when I got mad Titan shadow with the new cards, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure they're fine, but I just want the hero and I'll worry about the cards <laughs> later. Um, yeah. So it's always kind of cool to get a different perspective or, or, you know, Dalton, to your point too, like even a fresh perspective, if somebody was trying their first time, I almost value that more in a sense that like, well, what do you think would sound good? Because I'm so stuck in my mindset that this is the only way to build an aggression deck. And it's probably, it, I mean, I know it's definitely not, but it's, it might not even be the best way to do it. You know, we kind of talked about it, I think on one of our last streams together, and that was the kind of inherent flaw in leadership. Yeah. Right. So leadership for Marvel Champions is a bunch of allies, and it feels like every single time you play leadership, it's the exact same deck. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, if you look, I track my plays, and leadership is lagging by 30 or 40 plays just because I, I, the deck building experience isn't there for me and it's not stimulation for me. Yeah. yeah. So how would you guys, like, just as a part of this discussion, you're bringing someone new into LCG X or whatever. Um, how would you try to make it so that they can be incorporated in deck building? Um, without actually like letting them build a deck that just doesn't work, I guess. Like, what's the balance there? So, I, I want to make a quick clarification f before we dive into your answer. Mm -hmm. And there are competitive and there are cooperative LCGs. Mm -hmm. And we, I play ex almost exclusively at this point cooperative LCGs. I do still play a little bit of Summoner Wars, but uh, it, it's mainly cooperative. And, and no competitive. So if I think it's really hard to do that for a competitive. I yeah. think if 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 you have experience in an LCG or a TCG for that matter, and you're teaching a new player, it's probably not going to be a new a good experience for that new player. And so this is just a quicker answer, and then we'll dive into the cooperative one. But I think Evan from Being Friends did a really good job with that. So I met up with Evan and Alex from Being Friends at Gen Con, and they taught me Flesh and Blood, mm -hmm. and. Evan is super into flesh and blood. He's really good at it. And I am not. And Alex has only played a couple of times. 
And so what he did instead is he built our decks. He kind of told us how they worked and had us play against each other. So the two novice players playing against each other. And that was a much better experience than someone who knew what they were doing, yeah. just kicking my ass. And that, that just wasn't, I don't know. It just wasn't, wasn't fun. But the cooperative side, Jason, what, what, what would be a way that you would bring people in? Um, so first, I mean, between the three, the the big three, right? The Holy Trinity, as yeah. as I like to refer to them, of Arkham, Marvel, Lord of the Rings. I would I would I would do a dis- disservice to them and say, well, what's your favorite IP? And then we'll start from there because this is like I feel like the weird <laughs> misconceptions. Everyone's like it's the same game, it's just three different IPs. And it's like, oh my god, no, it's not. And I I can't blame because I used to think that way too. So um, it is not though. Yeah, it, it really They're is completely different games. Which it still blows my mind. Like I I really held out for the longest time because I thought they were the same game. But anyway, um, I would let them pick the IP first, right? Let them get interested, but more so in the theme. Than like the mechanics behind it. So let's just say they pick Marvel, right? Marvel's the big hot one. So it's okay. You pick Marvel. Uh, what hero do you like? Okay, you like that hero. Okay. Um, let me just build a deck that I know will do somewhat well. And I would go through it and just say, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then I would after that, I would go, okay, here's the cards. Do you want to try? Like I will help you and I will guide you if you want, but I think you just kind of have to dive into deck building and just like learn the process. I mean, I had people try to explain to me like, no, this is how you should balance things. This is what like, you know, the cost versus uh, benefit ratios are and all this stuff, all that stuff went over my head. And I was like, no, I just, I need to fail. Yeah. I mean, you log on to like these websites that build decks for you, like Marvel CDB, uh, Lord of the Rings has one and I'm sure Arkham has one Mm. and they give you graphs, they give you charts on your costs and it's just like, you can get really deep into it and that can be overwhelming for new players. Mm. And so I I like the idea of just kind of like walking them through, telling them why you're building the deck. Mm. And I think that works better, especially as an LCG goes, gets older right because as an lcg gets older one of the part of the business model of an lcg is monthly releases and so every month you're getting new cards new combinations new things to try out and marvel champions which is two years old is a lot easier to walk someone through with a card pool of 1500 cards or whatever it is versus lord of the rings that's been out for 10 years and has 15,000 cards right you you can't realistically have a novice player build a deck from the entire lord of the rings card pool with marvel champions when it's a little bit there's it's just smaller so it's like what do you want to do and then you can probably figure that out and that's kind of how i've approached it is asking like what do you want to do do you want to you know do a lot of damage which usually is Yes, for a lot of new players. Yeah, yeah, that's right. fun. And then, you know, okay, so these are some types of ways that you can do damage. And then I, I think it's almost like building like a RPG player or a character for mm-hmm. someone. It's like if they don't know the rules, you can almost just ask them like leading questions. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, like, do you want to you know, do short bursts of damage or do you want to wait until the end and try and kill them in one hit? And at that point, you can kind of build the deck for them and then explain to, to Jason's point what you're doing. I think yep. that I think that's a super good point, too, is is you're right with Marvel Champions, especially I would I would build them an aggression deck because right? inherently we all understand like attacking damage. Right. Like that. that right. We yeah. Get that. But if I was like, hey, you want to build a justice deck so you can lower thwart? They'd be like, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. <laughs> right. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And you. um I think the key here is that you guys are functioning as like the experts, right? You're trying to tease out what do you want to do? Um, 
because the barrier, the only thing that you don't have is the knowledge of what all of the cards are. Um, so let me be that for you. Um, right. And I think like one of the better questions I've been asked is um, something along the, along the lines of like, is there anything you want, like looking at the final kind of product of the deck um, and saying like, is there anything you want to be able to do more of? Right. And, and using oh, like yeah. some of those questions to kind of like tease That's out good. like, okay, well I know that like, you know, this deck normally would be built to, you know, function primarily like on thwart or whatever. Um, but do you want to have kind of a balance? Do you want to be able to do a little bit of damage? Um, you know, that, that can help like kind of at least, even if it's not like a like min maxed, like perfect deck, yeah. um, that at least the player felt like they had some uh, like say and some buy-in into the deck. And I think that can help generate some like enjoyment out of the, out of the play yeah that that's a great point and, and that's why like i've had a lot of people ask me like oh you know between between the big three like what do i get into first and i almost like just want to for the most part kind of push them towards marvel champions because it's such an easy ip to understand right like most people know who iron man is most people know who spider-man is right so like yeah. there's that inherent they're like no oh, that's cool that i can play as that and like start them off on that path of just like versus all right, you could be like some random character from Lord of the Rings you've never heard of, um, but he's really good, so you should be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Lord of the Rings is a bit of a trap in that way because people are like, oh, I've watched the movies. Like, and it's like, you can name nine Lord of the Rings characters. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. One last thing that is kind of adjacent to your question, Dalton, is when someone builds a deck, I like to then turn around and build myself a deck that complements their deck. Yeah. Mm. So if you're running an aggression deck that can, you know, just swing and do a lot of damage, right. I'm going to run something that takes the damage away from you, makes you not need to defend so that you can actually execute on what your deck is supposed to do. And so one, I, I guess just like as a uh, kind of board game player, I, I, I enjoy support. I enjoy that kind of play style but also it, it really kind of helps bring people into the game and makes their first experience good so yeah especially because you want to highlight different parts of the game right like you don't yeah. want to be like they build an aggression deck and you're like well i'm just going to build another aggression deck and we're just going to see if we can beat this in four turns like that like that's not a good experience for someone yeah that, like, that'd, we that'd be weird that. right jason yeah, we may have yeah. Done that. <laughs> <laughs> that was our stream a couple weeks ago yeah <laughs> it did not go well. no it, it, um, it was, it was really <laughs> but you know what's funny too Dalton, is like Literally, that's that's like what Nelson does with me. Is he's just like, well, what what are you doing? And I, I I'm like, ah, this is what I'm planning to do. And I just run ahead for. He's like, well, let me build a deck that will make sure we win. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, great question because like I I think a lot of people have played or know of LCGs, mm -hmm. but there are less people out there that are just heavily invested in them like Jason and I are. And mm -hmm. so having somebody at the table that is like that, that can help be a catalyst for your deck building experience, I think really helps with that first experience for so. Yeah. And that was a good point too, with talking about like Lord of the Rings versus Marvel champions. Cause like Lord of the Rings, I have eight boxes of Lord of the Rings right now. And it's just like, <laughs> if I, if I put that on the table for a new player and it's like, well, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, at least Marvel Champions is down to three. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. We we have talked about the Holy Trinity, which I think is probably the meat of this episode, just because that's what's kind of big right now. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a couple of competitive ones that are getting pretty big, but I think a lot of that kind of space is being taken up by a couple of TCGs. But we've we've talked about Marvel Champions. We've talked about Lord of the Rings. 
Jason, give us a rundown of Arkham. Um, yeah, so it's a game I chose to hold out for the longest time because I was convinced I wouldn't like it at all. So I actually, actually, so I have to give a weird shout out to Sword and Board Games. Um, he he is actually probably the reason why I'm as deep into LCGs as I am because I really liked a bunch of different games. He's like, you should try Arkham Horror. You would really like it. <laughs> and um, I didn't. I, I didn't like it at all because I didn't understand LCGs. I, I didn't. I thought you were supposed to go play all three games in one sitting at that core box, which <laughs> oh, was a terrible time. I'm like, I don't have six hours to do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I didn't understand deck building. I didn't understand for Arkham for this specifically, they have like an XP leveling up system where like you level up your cards and stuff. I didn't understand that. I didn't want to understand it. Like I dragged my feet so hard in that game and I refused to like it. Um, then I got into the other two. And again, because I thought all of them were exactly the same, and Cthulhu was like my least favorite IP out of the three, so I was like, "Well, I'll just I'll get Lord of the Rings and went down that path, whatever." Finally, got back into Arkham, and it's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely amazing in the sense that the way Arkham is set up so much different than everything else is its storytelling. Like, if somebody said to me, "Like, hey, I want an LCG that's more about storytelling," hundred percent of the time, Arkham Horror. I mean, it's the only time I finish a cycle and I go well, I want to try this again because there's nine different endings and there's 50 different paths I could have gone down. And to me, that's such a unique thing that LCGs can do because there's so many options with cards, right? Versus just like going on a board or whatever. So yeah, it's um, it's the same setup as uh, Lord of the Rings of having a core box, six packs generally, though they're changing that now. But yeah, it's more so about your investigator going through kind of solving a story and it's more time-based usually right like you're trying to rush through the scenario almost because if you don't something's coming for you and it's not going to go well um <laughs> it never does it's always dead too and it's just it's terrible um but yeah so you have to kind of rush through your scenario and that's what to me is the is the ingenious aspect of it because because you have to rush and you can't explore everything you have to go back and play it now because well i never i never <laughs> made it to that side of the board what's what's on that side and then that leads to a whole nother path so it is it, it's it's a fascinating game and, and mj did a phenomenal job on it i also like the idea of arkham where it is okay expected and sometimes impossible not to lose right so it, with Ar with marvel and lord of the rings the goal is to win the game with yep. arkham the goal is to tell the story and there are some times where you just lose the scenario and then you progress through the campaign. It, the, there's just different outcomes. You know, I 90% agree with that until you're on the sixth Mythos pack and you just get eaten <laughs> by a giant space monster. And it's like, nope, you died. And I'm like, oh, that was it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's lame. <laughs> I, I, have gotten, I have gotten the worst ending more than my fair share amount of times and it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> and usually I'm getting eaten by something and it's, it's not good. Turns out you can't survive that. <laughs> I do think just from my very limited experience, which would exclude Lord of the Rings because I've not played Lord of the Rings, but between the two, um, between my experience with Arkham and Marvel Champions, I feel like Arkham has a maybe potential for like a little bit more problem solving within deck building. Sure. Um, and I think as I, if I was going to get more experienced in one or the other, I think I was a player that would reward me personally, right? Like I'm, I'm looking and maybe I already have some experience in the campaign um, or I've like looked ahead and know what challenges I'm going to be kind of facing and trying to like build a team like specifically to mm -hmm. tackle those challenges. That for me is like a really rewarding puzzle, I guess. I, I agree with that in the sense that like if, if I was to pick anything for 
players to do and they don't mind like cthulhu i would actually probably pick that just because again lord of the rings to me is all about deck building like it's just it's hardcore deck building and yeah. understanding how decks work and whatever and like a new person's not going to get that and, and it's just it's a lot it's a lot to take in um but with lord um arkham horror it's nice in the sense that like okay well where do you want to explore next right where do you want to go on the map next where do you think is the right move like that's easy concepts that have dramatic implications to the game that anybody can join in on. So I think Arkham Heart is a really great like way to get people into the the whole series. Okay, so let's uh let's tease out a little bit outside of um outside of the Holy Trinity that you guys keep referring no. to. Um, the- <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm the I'm the mean classroom teacher. Uh, it's gonna force us to do math homework. Um, but they're like they kind of dominate cooperative, right? That's that's kind of the main reason that we refer to them yeah. um, so exclusively. Um, so let's focus specifically on competitive, which I've actually. I think played a decent bit in this space personally, at least like not like deeply, but like, you know, <laughs> I have a lot of like quantity, not, deep, not but quality. Wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are, I guess, what are some of your guys' favorite examples in the, uh, in the competitive space? So if you have listened to any other episode or not any other episode, if you have listened to previous episodes, you know that I'm a huge fan of Summoner Wars, which is a kind of it's it's a lcg in that sense and i really didn't think about it as an lcg until dalton told me it was an lcg but i mean it is (laughs) (laughs) but i was right (laughs) yeah the idea of summoner wars is taking kind of a tactical war game like warhammer or star wars um uh, whatever the one is the minis game Mm -hmm. a a mini war game and, and boiling it down to like a 2d space and a deck so it's a competitive game where you're trying to kill the opponent's summoner and you move around on this grid and you have different types of units that all have different like special abilities and what i really love about summoner wars is that i can teach you the game of summoner wars in probably five minutes Mm. and then it's like that's the core rules and then if it's printed on the card differently that breaks the rules so just read your cards and you will play differently so I absolutely love this game. It's by Plat Hat Games, which has a couple other living card games actually, but they this was their first game, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was their first game. I'll 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 die on that hill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was their first game. They put it out. They put out the core set, they put out expansions, they put out a second core set, they put out alliances. There's just this huge like first edition set and then they got acquired by asmoday and then they liberated themselves from the tyrannical company that is asmoday um and they put out (laughs) yeah right and then they they put out a second edition as their first game after their liberation and so the second edition is different it's definitely different it's definitely a different game is still the same mechanics but it it's you know it fixed a lot of the issues that the first edition had which was nice and it's it has a all online slash app driven implementation Mm -hmm. and so with competitive lcgs kind of we alluded to it earlier one of the downfalls is if you're not on the same skill level no one's going to have fun yeah that was that got the way with 
Summoner Wars. Like I, it had an app, and I played way too many games on the app. And then whenever I'd sit down at the table with somebody, it just it wasn't fun for me. It wasn't fun for the other person sitting across from me. Yeah. And so I felt tied to the app. That's kind of a bummer. So going into the second edition, I'm not even. I I don't even own the core set, but I do. I pay the two dollars a month or whatever it is for the online subscription, and that allows me to enter tournaments. It allows me to play people on my skill level, mm-hmm. and gives me access to all the decks to play. And so, if there if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't even look at the second edition of Summer Wars, even though it used to be my favorite game of all time. Hmm. I was gonna say. Um- as far as like LCGs go with competitiveness, I, I quickly looked up all the games I've ever played. And there, there, <laughs> there is one. There turns out there was one I have done. I completely forgot about it because we've stopped playing it. But I actually, we used to play a Game of Thrones, the card game, second edition. Okay. Uh, which we got the base game and we got like a couple of the deluxe expansions. So I also got into this before I truly understood what LCGs were. I was like, why do I need all these packs? Like, I'm not going <laughs> to. Um, but my wife and I would play it all the time and it was fun because, you know, we both read the books. We both liked the show till the end. That's for another podcast. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it was something that we enjoyed. It was a cool, unique experience. It was different because you have to like do kind of three different things at once. And it was a lot of fun, but I agree with you, Nelson, in the sense that like, you know, it, it got less fun as one of us got really, really good at the game and, you know, really started like understanding the mechanics and building. And, you know, she didn't want to play with me anymore because she kept crushing me. So it was no fun for, for her. <laughs> right. So, um, which is a true story. She actually got bored of playing it with me because I was, I was too easy of an opponent. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, as far as LCGs go, I, that's the only one I've really done. And I actually, you know, even thinking about it now, like I really actually really like that game. I think it's a lot of fun and, and interesting and unique. And I'm now actually looking at all the prices and I'm like, well, you know, it's like $800 for everything. So that's not too bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is a major downside we haven't discussed with LCGs yet. LCGs yeah. are expensive. Yes. Well, well, as a whole, they are. But if you buy them in small, like amounts, then you can you. probably sneak them by yourself. Yes, pretty easily. Dying, like, it's fifteen dollars. <laughs> you spend fifteen dollars every month for ten years, and it's like, who's gonna really notice? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dying by a thousand cuts, I hear, is better. So yeah. <laughs> um, I would throw in ashes. Um, Ashes mm. used to be a favorite of um, both Nelson, Nelson and mine, Par- partially for artwork, just because it's a really pretty game. It's um, it has a really fun, like, sort of dice rolling to, like, create your mana type mechanic. And so mm. there's, like, different types of mana available, and they will help you summon, like, different types of cards. Um, so that part has almost, like, a Magic the Gathering type feel, uh, where you're like, oh, I'm going to make a, like, in magic it might be like a white blue deck and that has like you know white has certain attributes blue has certain attributes and so the combination of the two right and uh and 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 some or someone worse (laughs) and ashes (laughs) i'm stuck on the plaid hat you know it's just it's all confusing um but ashes has that similar feel where you're on top of building um the cards that you want to play you're also trying to like balance this mana mechanic and um but also comes down to dice rolls and so there there is some of that where you just have to like not take it seriously right because like dice or dice and sometimes yep. you're just not going to roll the things you need and your opponent's going to like roll the things they need and they get to summon a big scary creature that you didn't get to summon because you didn't get the right dice you know that's the way it goes it's it's you just kind of have to like accept that and look at the pretty cards and attack with the big scary <laughs> and have a, have a little fun with it um 
but it can be yeah. a really rewarding game. I, I remember Nelson and I, we used to just kind of like turn out decks and, and play mm. like three or four of these games in a night just by like being like, well, I'm just going to try and create something around this and throw some decks and, you know, throw some cards into a deck and, and then just play. And that, that yeah. was, a, that was yeah, a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> yeah, those the good old days. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will bounce off of your comment on the dice because, yes, that is, that is an issue. Plathead did has put out a revised edition of Ashes as well, and I have not played it, but I have heard that that's mitigated a little bit in the second mm. rendition of that game. Yeah, that's good so, to hear because I did like yeah. it as an idea, you know, as yeah. a, like oh, draft dice into your deck to like control your mana, and this is part of your deck building is your kind of dice drafting. Also, drafting maybe not the right word, but dice building is probably a better phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good to hear that that's maybe implemented a little better. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But you know, it's funny too because I was kind of thinking about this because I was messing around the website of uh, FFG, and I forgot about uh, KeyForge. And yeah, yeah, yeah. My buddy bought it, and I looked at the artwork, and I threw up on the table. And I was like, "Nah, (laughs) I'm good, bro. I don't need to play this game." And like, I I sadly have never played it, but now I kind of want to. I feel like KeyForge was going to be a really big deal. Right. Point. Like it seemed like Like, all I ever heard about was KeyForge. Yeah. Did Did you? Did you all hear like the news that happened like a month or two ago where they lost the algorithm for the decks? Oh, wow. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, Keyforge is, I don't know if it's considered the opposite of an LCG in the fact that every single pack is different. Mm-hmm. And you basically buy a pack and then you play that pack. So, there's no deck building or anything like that. But they guarantee that every single pack is different and balanced, et cetera, et cetera. But, I, I don't know the details of it, but I'm pretty sure they got hacked or something, and someone like destroyed the algorithm, and so they just, just control the game. all delete. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And, like it's just no longer a game anymore. Yeah, somebody wow. got it's email like, and it was just like tried. hit all F four. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's rough. so. Yeah, but KeyForge is really interesting. The other one, like I don't have either of you ever played Netrunner. I have. Yeah. Yes, it's been a long time. It's an older game at this point now, right? It was like yeah, 2000, yeah. early two thousand. Early, right. early 2010s or whatever, early teens, whatever that decade is called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never actually played it, but whenever I think of competitive LCGs, this one pops into my head mm-hmm. as kind of the one to beat. Yeah. So can either of you talk a little bit about Netrunner for me? I can in the sense that going back to Dalton's point of just like, or maybe Nelson, you said this. I, I actually don't remember it all now. Um, but when you play with someone who's much better than you, and they just kind of like ruined the game for you. So my buddy loved it. And we played one game and he kind of explained the rules to me, decimated me. I was like, well, this is a shit game. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this ever again. So that's how much yep. I know about that game. <laughs> gotcha. It is like, it has a really cool feel of like the kind of the, the, the theme of it is that one player is playing like a corporation and the other player that's like some evil futuristic, you know, super bad capitalism corporation. And the, other player is like a hacker and so there's this huge asymmetry where the like corporation has like cards that are sort of like walls or defenses or you know firewalls or like like that type of theming and the hacker has like um this other type of theming of like codes and you know and they are basically their objectives are, are different in the game and that's what makes it a really i think fun and interesting game i think in order to like be competitive like in a tournament sense it sort of breaks down a little bit. Um, I'm sure I, 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 I believe that there is some 
way that they handle it, right? That mm-hmm. they they switch back and forth or something, or they take turns. I, I don't actually know how it works. I've never been in a Netrunner tournament. <laughs> um, but, like, when you're just playing with friends, like, it has this really fun, swingy feel of, like, wow, like, you can do that? Like, that's crazy, yeah. you know? And then you can, like, switch. And um, I think I never got to the point of deck building with it which is maybe a miss for me personally i think i would have enjoyed the game more if i got there but it was also like i think maybe my first lcg like experience yeah so my my last point because i know that we want to talk about recommendations uh, is that the a competitive lcg a lot of them are dead at this point right yeah. that like summoner wars 2.0 ashes 2.0 are still going but like Legend of the Five Rings is one that FFG put out. Star Wars has a competitive. Game of Thrones is dead. Netrunner is dead. All of these games are dead. Dead is in the sense they're not putting out new content. You can still buy content for them. If you have a partner or somebody that is interested in a competitive LCG, you can buy a set and learn together. And I think that would be a very rewarding experience. And it doesn't have to be still in production. You can buy, you know, just pick a theme that you like. And if you like Netrunner, you can buy the Netrunner stuff. And if you're learning together, then I think that would be a really rewarding experience. Yeah, I I, I would really piggyback off that in the sense of like, I feel like the core boxes of the competitive stuff is more balanced. It's more fair. Like they do a better job of introducing you to the game. Like of, you know, again, with, um, Game of Thrones, my wife and I, you know, we I pick House Lannister, she picks House Tyrell, and just like we we can play that easily because the game sets it up so well for you know that dynamic to happen. Um, which is, I mean, it's a really great system, and I would say that I really, I'm really jealous of the people that are in the competitive stuff that have people that they can play with because like Legend of the Five Rings, I really want to play that game. Like, I think it, <laughs> I think it looks gorgeous i think it, it the yeah. play, gameplay sounds fun and it's just one of those things like i just as a solo player i can't get into um unfortunately but i want to i want to <laughs> so bad <laughs> yeah it, it was kind of weird legend of the five rings did not last super long yeah. it i remember the gen con that it was announced and i remember the gen con it was killed so <laughs> yes yes and it was like one of those weird things too like when when it died all of a sudden like things were getting like sold out because everyone's buying it up. So I'm yeah. sure it was like scalpers and whatnot, but like at the same time, it's like all of a sudden I was reading, you know, threads and stuff that people are like, Oh, this is a really good game. It's like, well, I should have played the like, past couple of years. <laughs> it is a hard thing with like, I think LCGs are a relatively young space, um, which is interesting because like the oldest ones are not young. Like they've been, right. it's, it's a, you know, it's a game that has been out for a long time, um, but it's young in that it's like not super explored, like not super developed. Like there just aren't that many LCGs um, because it's a huge commitment for a company to undertake, right? Like yeah. they they can't just be like this will be an LCG um, as like right. a Kickstarter, like that. You know, that like that's, a, that's really really tough for them to do. Like, it has to be people like Fantasy Flights or someone who can like promise like we will continue to put out content for this. You know, you can start investing in it basically. Yeah, yeah, and kind of going along with that too, because not only is it for the company, but it's for the player, right? Yeah. So you, as a human being, have to be like, right, like I'm the same way. Like once I get invested in LCG, it's like, okay, well, I have to keep going down this rabbit hole, <laughs> and I, you know, I could have bought another house at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and you know, it's a super unexplored space because there are like five designers in yeah. the world right now for them yeah right like the designers yeah. of marvel champions 
Lord of the Rings, Arkham kind of And they all work for FFG. (laughs) And then, um, Dalton, you you kind of made the joke about the Kickstarter, but some of the designers for Lord of the Rings just put out a Kickstarter for an LCG. And I think it's a standalone, so I guess not really an LCG, but a standalone. It will be with its first expansion. Yeah, right? (laughs) But I don't even remember what that's called. Do you remember what that's called, Jason? Are you talking about Earthborn? Yeah, Earthborn Rangers. Rangers. So it's... um, no, so it's not it's not even the design, it's the studio head, Andy Navarro, gotcha. okay. that did it. Yeah. Um, which that I mean, we, you could have a whole discussion about that <laughs> whole Kickstarter. Cause like that that was a whole thing going into it too. Cause I was like, okay, I want to like see what this is all about. I want to see what it is, because I like the idea. I like Andy Navarro. I think I think his work he's done is fantastic. Um, but like everyone's like, so is it monthly packs? Like, how are we getting this yeah, stuff? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, oh, it's just a box, and we'll sell you all the boosters in one giant box. It's like, eh, it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's a deck construction game. Like Gloomhaven yeah. falls yes. under that category, kind of. Yes. Right. Yes. Which going really quick sidetrack to Arkham Horror, I mean, that's essentially what they're doing now, right? Is with yeah. their two boxes. They're like, okay, the new system is player cards in one box and the game in the other box decide. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think they've had such success with Marvel where it, it's almost you they're they're going away from that cycle, mm-hmm. quote unquote cycle uh method of selling you the game and just like buy the fifty dollar box and then you have everything. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Marvel Marvel is so successful that I, I that game alone is going to change LCGs in the release format because it's more cost efficient. It's better. People like it more. It, it changed everything. Yeah. Less plastic. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Shipping, how tough shipping <laughs> is now and all that, you know, that right. stuff. And uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So because the LCG space is kind of limited, we're going to um, do something a little bit different here. We're going to try as a group collectively <laughs> to somewhat agree. I would say at least if we can get two votes, right? If we can get two votes out of the three, then we'll call that a win. Vote. Yeah, the majority okay, vote. Yeah. We'll, we'll call that <laughs> yeah. a win um, on one recommendation for each category. So we're going to give a total of three recommendations. Um, there may be several honorable mentions as people try and get their two cents in, um, but that doesn't matter as long as we get at least two votes. But maybe, maybe we'll all, uh, maybe we'll all agree. Um, so let's let's start with low complexity. Um, I think this is actually probably going to be the toughest category. We're just yeah. because they yeah. are inherently um, tough. And so I'm going to start it out. I think my argument here would be smash up. I think Smash Up qualifies okay. as an LCG. I would agree with that. I just never thought about it. Yeah. So Smash but Up, I, if you I, haven't played I'm it, is a game. What's a Smash Up? Yeah. yeah. Smash Up <laughs> is a game where um, there are multiple decks of cards, and each of them are half of a deck. And you pick two of them, and you shuffle them together, and that's your deck for the game. And so they will like release kind of packs. I mean, they're not like packs in the, like an LCG sense, but they're basically like expansions. Um, and they're all very thematic. So you have like the zombies and the, you know, the witches or whatever. And I, I haven't like played enough of it to be able to like name a whole bunch of them, but they're like kind of common stuff that you might think like, Oh, I, you know, if I was going to pick a theme for half of a deck, I could, I could mix this up. And so I'm going to play like zombies plus skeletons and like shuffle them together. Um, I think you like kind of miss on some of the like intense deck building. You can get some of the like combinations of, like, Oh, this, this half, you know, this, deck does this specific thing this other one does this specific thing maybe paired together it'll work um but i think it the reason i'm recommending it is i think it at least gives or like throwing it out as a recommendation i i I don't have i only have one third of a vote to actually recommend something but um, (laughs) (laughs) throwing it out for consideration is because i think it gives new players the feeling of lcg deck building without having to know every card in the game yeah i i really like that recommendation i'm mad at you for suggesting it because it works (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um yeah i 
yeah, I don't know. That that's really good. It was a good description. My my suggestion for low complexity is Summoner Wars. In the sense of it's an easy game to teach. The deck building options are limited. Second edition actually has a little bit more deck building options. Uh, they they expanded that a little bit. But in first edition, at least, like you have a faction and you can only put your faction cards in or basic cards. Mm. And your faction cards are pretty limited. And so really there's not that much decision to be made in deck building of summoner wars mm-hmm. and so and then like like i was saying earlier I, I i can teach you the rules of summoner wars in five minutes and then read your cards and you'll be fine so that that was my low complexity but i i think i like smash up a little bit better for this fragment yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that that is good i would say for me um actually it, it's kind of changed as we had this conversation because i would almost pick just competitive lcgs as a whole right especially if you're mm. new introducing somebody else to it and you're learning together you know most likely they're going to balance it enough for two players yeah it's easy enough to get into you're both learning together you're both playing against each other you can learn from each other so anything that's competitive um i think i think would be a good i know they i know somebody's gonna be like d20 there's nobody's talking about he's an idiot <laughs> they get really complex i don't mean that you know it's an easy game or so but like if to, to introduce yourself into that space yeah. i would almost say just any competitive that you like the look of or whatever Pick that and go with that one. Yeah, yeah and, and that that's a good point, right? Because a lot of these LCGs expand in complexity because of their inherent nature of you buying more cards and you have mm-hmm. more combinations. So anything that you buy competitive to get into or cooperative for that matter to mm-hmm. get into and you just buy the base set, it's not a super complex game. Yeah, the problem is when you like, you know, your best friend has a obsession with buying every card in the game then all of a sudden deck building gets really tough. <laughs> Wait a second. I feel targeted. Yeah. But it, it's, it's a good point it that all me. these games, like on the base game, all, of, all these games on the base game are relatively, they're simpler than at least than they look. Right. Mm, yeah. yeah. And I think the complexity and the depth comes in with the expansion of the card pool and then the adversary or villain you're facing changes the game. Yeah. It makes it a little bit diff- more difficult. And I think the other thing too with that too is like, you know, for a lot of us, when we've played the base game enough times, it's like, okay, I've kind of solved it, right? I figured it out. But with yeah. a base game with a competitive LCG, it's like, well, I can't solve my opponent, right? right. Like they're going to yeah, change that's and they're going to adapt. That's a good point. So it, it's going to be more fun in that sense. It's probably going to have a longer, you know, uh, life in, in your collection. Alrighty. I, I'm throwing my vote at Smash Up. I think that was a stupidly yeah. good recommendation nice yeah. um, I would. I, I, that was that was good that was really good awesome. sweet i appreciate it because now i can kind of like check out like I yeah, you're done. You're done. <laughs> now nelson and i can argue about the next two spots exactly. all right yeah. so medium complexity which and jason I, i'm really excited to hear why you don't think it's marvel champions marvel <laughs> champions is the easiest co-op lcg that there is all right it's so not that- an easy co-op have you ever tried to explain the rule of you in Marvel Champions to somebody? You is you. You is you in all sense of you, and your character is you, and your your upgrades and are you, are but you. your support aren't you. Your events are well, you, but then, the, but then it's the allies aren't you. Let's fight to death on this. All right. So. <laughs> okay, fine. Defense. Explain to me <laughs> defense tomorrow. <laughs> well, first you start with you, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so no, Fantasy no. of Flights has some issues with terminology. This is not new <laughs> to anyone who's read a rule book for them. And you know what's funny too with that? Like 
how many times do we spend like a Marvel, you know, what is it? CDB, I guess. And just yeah. like go through like the rules clarification section where like Caleb just like writes paragraphs. And, like, <laughs> okay. In this situation, you isn't actually you in this situation. <laughs> you would be the other you. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which isn't something that we've really touched on a lot in the episode, but because of the expanding nature of these games, Designers have to be very careful with the terminology that they use in the core set and the initial yeah. sets because mm-hmm. when they just say, when you do this, that has major implications later on in the game when you introduce a new type of card where are you doing that or is your ally doing that? Mm-hmm. And that just creates confusion and complexity. So. Yeah. Yeah, and not the yeah. good kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah not, uh, not the good time. It's not it's not complexity that you have to solve. It's complexity you have to go to the rules reference and look up for a half hour. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and that was a big thing with like Lord of the Rings, and th- and this is the inherent problem with LCGs as they age is that there are cards later on in Lord of the Rings that like make the first cycle into a joke. Like it's not e- <laughs> it's not even fair. Like yeah, and it, they they break the earlier part of the game or. In their first iteration of going through the game, you go, surely no one would read the rules this way. And everybody does. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, for the second edition, we have to write it in the parentheses, like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> like, that's cheating. Yeah. And okay. So I, I think you just proved the point on why Marvel Champions is the 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 best medium complexity <laughs> here. Mm. Be- <laughs> because uh so Lord of the Rings always like, be when, when- closing. Um, (laughs) so with lord of the rings right you pick three heroes to go to to take your deck into and you basically build your deck around those spheres of influence whereas in marvel champions you have one hero so it's a little bit easier to build your deck around and they have released cards in later cycles that are not necessarily good for the better heroes but they're really good for the lesser tier or the lower tier heroes and so it makes those older heroes still relevant and interesting to play whereas i and i've heard this uh i don't know if complaint is the right word this criticism of lord of the rings where when when you've opened the eighth cycle why are you even looking at core cards yes so well except for like three right yeah. like that, that's yeah, yeah. what it is there's like three cards that are staples and that's it. three cards that are staples and only include one copy in the base box so you have to buy three base boxes in that's order how to they get, get you <laughs> yeah. yeah it's 10 years old it's an old game <laughs> i will say that i think that they learned a lot from lord of the rings yes and you know it's really fun like a really just kind of fascinating thing kind of off topic is when you when you realize how old lord of the rings are and you realize like how it all started and then you look at arkham and then you look at marvel champions and you're like how they expanded upon it and then yeah. looking back at lord of the rings you're like oh well like that still kind of holds up after 10 years yeah. like how like look back at your shelf and how many games <laughs> really hold up that well which don't nowadays because <laughs> other companies can do it better <laughs> i'm not pointing to anything thank god there's no video <laughs> <laughs> If you want to know what Jason was pointing on, join our non-existent Patreon uh, yeah, right? <laughs> for, the video, <laughs> for the video episode. All, all the profits go towards your LCG <laughs> you know, right. addiction, and Dalton gets addicted. That's the next <laughs> episode. Yeah. That, that's the goal. That's the goal. Yep. Yeah. But so with your Marvel Champions example, like to me, if you were to do the Holy Trinity, I think Marvel Champions is the easiest. Like if, if yeah. you were to pick out those three, if somebody said, what's the easiest one they're going to do? I would point them towards Marvel Champions. Like in, not only just for IP, 
I would say deck building is the easiest form of deck building because yeah, the fi- first 15 cards are done for you. Like, yep. okay, there's 15 <laughs> done for you. Like, done. done. Yeah. I, I think playing the physical game is easy. I think everything bad is easy. It's not an easy game, just easy to play. And that's why I think it's the perfect medium recommendation. ABC. <laughs> Going right along with that to Arkham Horror, I think it's the perfect medium recommendation. I think Arkham Horror is well done that there's a balance between deck building, there's a balance between moving your character on the map. Um, it's not overwhelming because it's only 30 cards, right? And that's what I think is the most interesting about Arkham Horror is that it is 30 cards. Yes, your deck gets bigger, spoiler alert, as you go along most campaigns. Um, but to me, that's like the perfect medium game. Gotcha. I that was the, the only argument that I was going to entertain. So yeah. that. is that the deck gets bigger? <laughs> that's the no, no, it's Arkham Horror. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you had said any other game, I'm like, hey, you're wrong. But yeah, no, that's fair. Which of the two, which do you guys think has the more successful campaigns? Like Arkham. Just more fun, more interesting. Yeah, Ar- Ar- I think Arkham is built on a campaign model, whereas Marvel yeah. Champions is meant to be able to pick up, play a single game, and then build a new deck. Mm. I actually think that I-, I enjoy the campaigns of Marvel Champions. I enjoy their scenario packs a lot more. Yeah. Which yeah. are just like single villains that do something weird, and it's kind of crazy. Mm. And so, so yeah. What's re- really fascinating is like when you look back at lord of the rings like right like it kind of told a story throughout its cycle and like the story is a one-track story like the same ending same everything every time you play it's gonna be the same and it's interesting in its own self but the leap they made to arkham horror where it's just like okay let's tell a story right right let's have a good time and go branching paths like it's still mind-blowingly good i mean it, it and it's what seven years old at this point i guess now and for a seven-year-old game and like even the first cycle holds up really well like i just played recently it's just it's still a really good fascinating story that has interesting pads you can go down so if you're looking at a cycle as a whole i mean arkham horror is just it's really good i mean it's really good yeah i think i would lean arkham horror for basically Mm -hmm. for that reason that i think that you I think the other reason, as a side note, Nelson, is because people listening to this podcast have heard Marvel Champions plugged enough. (laughs) It doesn't need to be its own recommendation. You are both dead to me. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. fine. I'll see see next Wednesday. (laughs) Okay, fine. We'll play Marvel Champions. (laughs) But I think the the campaigns are, are, are a real hook. I think they are... So you're kind of doubling up, right? You're able to, like, bring people into, like, a campaign and, like, they might be experiencing a little card game for the first time. They also might just be experiencing like sort of a legacy or a campaign type format for the first time. And that can be like extremely rewarding in its, in its, in itself. Right. And uh, it does a good job of having like shorter campaigns for bringing people into um, and like longer campaigns for like more experienced players who are wanting a lot of variety. Um, so I think there's just some real successes like across the board there. Yeah. And not saying that I am, but if I were to make an argument for Arkham Horror, I may say <laughs> that <laughs> that well, hypotheticals in this hy- hypothetically <laughs> that Arkham Horror does allow you to get to understand and learn your character and learn the deck that you're playing because mm-hmm. you're playing the same deck, you're you're upgrading that deck, you're getting new cards and everything. Whereas Marvel Champions has that with the campaign, but really they just put out a rule saying like, hey, like if you want to play on the super hard mode, you can't change your deck, but if you wanted to you could just straight up change your deck in the middle of the campaign and there's no consequences for that and so i do think that arkham horror allows for that growth allows for that depth of understanding of the investigator that you're playing throughout the campaign yeah i think this is one of the fascinating things that we never really really touched on was if you are listening to this and you're 
thinking about the idea of LCGs and you think that is, it is literally just an IP difference, right? Do I like Cthulhu? Do I like Marvel? Or do I like Lord of the Rings? They are not at all the same game. Like right. all three are very, very different. This is a mistake I personally made. And so I know others have made it too, because they told me. Same. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone makes this mistake and they are vastly different games. So it is really important to ask yourself, what experience do you want? Do you just want to kind of quickly deck build, play through like single scenarios? Marvel is that option because I don't think Marvel's campaigns are that great. Like I, I really don't enjoy going through them. I just want to pick up a villain, I pick up a hero, and I want to fight them. Like that's right. it. Right. Yep. And do I want really great narrative and story? Arkham Heart. Let's go. Let's tell me a super unique story I'm never going to see again. Let's do it. Do I want to be- deck build for hours on end and see if it works, <laughs> and just bash my head against the wall? <laughs> yes, I do. Lose. Let's do it. <laughs> or the rings. Here we come. Yeah. It's cool. So now that we have uh, settled on Marvel Champions, do you want to move on to high complexity? <laughs> I'm interested to hear, are there, are there other options outside of Lord of the Rings? I assume that's going to be the recommendation. Maybe that's a false assumption. But are there other assumption. contenders? I mean, Lord of the Rings is the are the, the cooperative answer. I, I don't think that anyone's going to argue against that. Mm-hmm. I would use yeah. Jason's same argument for low complexity, for high complexity, for a competitive sense, where almost any competitive LCG, when you get to a tournament level or something where you're going mm. to cons to play it, I mean, it gets super complex. You have yeah. to know the cards inside and out. You have to know how the other player plays. Yeah. You have to know how their faction plays. You have to understand every single card in their deck, every single combination that goes into that to be a good player and that just blows any of the cooperative like complexity levels out of the water yeah i i i mean to me compared or uh, cooperative wise i mean just lord of the rings is it i mean and it's, honestly it's to the point just because of how many cards there are like i i honestly think that's a part of the not the problem, but I guess why it's so complex is if you bought a bunch of it, where do you start? Where do you go? I don't think most people know what to do or right. even what the balance is, or there's four spheres versus like, okay, attack right. focus or whatever. Like if, okay, the, the blue sphere, what does that do? Like off the top of your head, you're like, uh, I'm not sure. Like nobody knows. <laughs> a lot. It does a lot. Yeah, yeah. So it's just one of those things where I think Lord of the Rings is more complicated because one of it's a product of its age because it is 10 years old and the sphere system wasn't it, it wasn't easy to understand at the, now it's not easy to understand <laughs> um so i would say for cooperative uh lord of the rings just has to be because the deck building is just so top of when and even when you play the game there's so many little rules that pop up right. that's just like okay like for this situation this is what happens or whatever um but no it, it's kind of fascinating with the competitiveness because even with like flesh and uh flesh and blood you know i was playing with my buddy and i was telling another group about it. i was like oh we did this and whatever and they're like oh you know you could play that card this way and do this chain and do this and with that and i was like no I didn't that was <laughs> right yeah yeah, I, w- I would just kind of echo everything that Jason just said. And because, like, with Marvel Champions, you pick, I want to play aggression, I want to do attacks. Whereas Lord of the Rings, the deck building is a little bit different. You have three heroes. Each of them belongs to one of these spheres. One of them can be, like, they call it tactics in Lord of the Rings, which is the aggression vert. Yeah. And you can only play tactics cards if you're using that hero's resource. But you can have uh, a red, blue, and purple hero and so you can just like your deck is three different like combinations of things trying to work together and it is super complex super confusing and super rewarding once you figure it out 
that that's like a huge thing is trying because a lot of people that I, I, I you know I convinced I guess is the nice word to put it um, <laughs> convince them to play Lord of the Rings. You know, they sit there and they go, oh, you know, I made a tactics deck. It's really good. I was like, ah, yeah, that's cool and all. You should probably be playing Trisphere. <laughs> you should probably learn how to do it because it's way more, like, it's just way better. Right. Uh, and they're like, but I don't understand how to deck build for that. I was like, nah, I get it because it's really tough. And and when we go back to talk about websites of like, you know, Marvel CDB and Rings DB, like, especially for Lord of the Rings, like I thrived off of those websites for a long time yeah. because I didn't understand how to deck build it. And once I did it and i played it over and over it's like okay i understand what this deck is trying to do now and why i should be trying to do something like this so i guess um we've heard i guess the main things that i've heard here is that it's it's more complex and so like complexity can be rewarding when you start to like figure it out um is that maybe the only thing that would draw me to lord of the rings versus some of the other like lcgs that we've talked about today i don't necessarily think so i think that lord of the rings kind of has that story element that Marvel is kind of missing the Arkham Horror mm-hmm. excels in. But yeah. I I also think that Lord of the Rings provides challenges that you have to deck build for. And I don't yeah. necessarily think that Marvel has that a little bit. I don't think I think Arkham Horror you're just experiencing it with a different investigator. But like you can take a deck that's going to kick ass on the first game in a cycle and then never win the second game. And mm-hmm. so it's it is a lot more rewarding and maybe this is kind of the complexity adjacent argument, mm-hmm. but like, it, I think that's fun. I think it's fun to see a challenge and try and understand. And how do I beat this challenge is way more prevalent in Lord of the Rings than any of the other two. Yeah. And, and kind of going along with that, I get, cause I get the question a lot of why do you own all three, right? What's the point of owning all three of the LCGs? And I think to go to that point is addictive okay, personality. I- Oh. Well, yeah, I have, I, have a, I have a problem that's borderline gambling. Uh, so it's like, so for, do I want a deck building experience? Okay, I want Lord of the Rings. It's the best deck building experience. And to me, it's medium, like storytelling, like storytelling wise, it's medium and the accessibility is like really low. Marvel Champions, the accessibility is super high. The deck building is kind of medium. The storytelling is pretty low. Arkham Horror, it's, you know, kind of almost medium across the board, except for storytelling, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Um and I think I honestly I think that's why Arkham Horror is the most popular is because the accessibility and the deck building is both like a medium, so it's two mediums with a, like you know a, a high end. Um, yeah, yeah. Versus like it doesn't have a weakness, kind of. It, yeah. it really does. I mean, it's very. It is a very. Good, and as much as I hate to like admit it, because I held out so long, <laughs> and I just wouldn't like give in because everyone's like, "That's the best." I just I don't like Cthulhu. I don't like that <laughs> IP. Yeah. And I'm still every single time drawn into that story. I still love it every single time. I think it's so much fun. So it is a weird kind of thing in that sense. That's awesome. We did it. We found some level of agreement. <laughs> no, Marvel Champions is the easiest. <laughs> it's not medium complexity. It I'll does borderline on the easy complexity or the low complexity. I'm just saying 90% of the time when you and I play, I build a deck while you're talking about the game that we're about to play. <laughs> and it's not that bad of a deck. <laughs> but we always lose, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, at some point we need to define like uh, back to... Uh, like BGG complexity, you know, just say like, when we say low, we mean like anything up to blank, you know? Yeah. Like Marvel champions has 2.85 out of five. I don't know if you call that low or medium, but like, that's what it is. So low. (laughs) (laughs) Really medium starts around four. I would say. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Come on. Arkham horror. Please be above that. (laughs) What is it? Um, 
It is a 3.58. Oh, no, that's a board game. Oh, I was okay, going to say, there's no way. No, that's, yeah, I mean, insane. It's at least a 3.48. <laughs> yeah, right? Let's be realistic. 3.47. Wow, <laughs> See, told y'all. I'm it's really good at So, wait, wait, wait. I'm <laughs> I don't sorry. understand that. It's higher than Lord of the Rings, which is a 3.19. I'm sorry, but that's, that's wrong. wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Some of that is um, just like age. And, and again, these like the complexity rankings, this is community driven right so right um some of this might be age just like when it came out will influence its overall complexity rating um some of it can be like you know if it has an Popularity. adjacent or a comparable game um that sometimes that can influence it so there, there could be competing factors here but. yeah okay also hold on now now i gotta get on this because now now <laughs> this is now, the thing man. so i'm i'm looking at this so arkham heart is the number one most customizable game out there okay Lord of the Rings is six. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> not, that's not a ranking in how customizable it is, though, right? Like it's a ranking oh, in yeah. like within things that are customizable. How good are they? Yeah, I think that 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 is correct, Alden. But still, I would wait. Make what's the, the difference? That, Hold on, I'm slow. What's that? So, so Lord of the Rings has more customization. However, yeah. it's not as good of a game as the top five. Right. Like you could say Scrabble is the most customizable game because it just gives you the letters of the alphabet and lets you. Make oh. I, I get what you're saying, yeah. So just look at this list really quick, which is kind of fascinating because we probably should have looked at this because this would have been like most of our conversation. <laughs> the so number one, rank. yeah, number one is Arkham Horror, right? Two is Marvel Champions. Hell yeah. Three is Android Netrunner, which we okay. talked about. Yep. Four is Summoner Wars, the Alliance's master set. Yep. Five That's where is... they really opened up deck building for Summoner Wars. Mm. They allowed you to combine two different factions together. They allowed you to smash up Summoner Wars. Nice. Well, <laughs> ironically, then the fifth one is Summoner Wars Second Edition. <laughs> well, yep, they and then, and, and then Lord of the Rings, and then it gets into like X-wing miniature stuff right. and yep. whatever. But it's fascinating that like most of the things we talked about for customizable stuff, it's like top six things right there. All right, yeah, they're LCGs, yeah. All righty, so I think that's going to conclude our discussion on LCGs. Jason, can you uh, tell people where to find you one more time, just in case they missed it the first time somehow? Yeah, I don't know why they would have missed it, because I was so <laughs> charismatic in the beginning. But um, uh, Instagram, D20 Woodworking, and on YouTube, D20 Woodworking. And there's an Etsy shop. I think it's D20 Woodworking USA, maybe. Uh, <laughs> good luck finding it. I, when you buy like a wooden card holder, it's me. So. <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, I just bought all your stock and now I'm scalping them because of wood prices. Um, <laughs> sure, wood prices are insane. We can have a conversation about that too. <laughs> yeah, so you can find any of Jason's uh, links are in, in the show description or in our show notes. We'll have links to that so that they're easily accessible. Yep. And then you can find us on Discord. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on a website, which is... Uh, fantasy and some flights and then if you're more interested in like the living card games i do stream uh three to four times a week just living card games so mainly right now marvel champions and uh lord of the rings um i'm doing that under the living card gamer twitch handle and jason comes on probably about once a week to play with us or play with us play with me and then <laughs> i'm uh and then i'm starting up arkham here when i have time to learn the rules so very nice. Yeah. We should we should we should play that too. I, I'm down for playing that two player. I don't really know the rules that well, but <laughs> he's not that cool. Hard. That makes two of us. You guys will figure it out. Combined, we can know all the rules. That's right. Well, there, talk about like a game with a lot of small rules. That's yeah. That's one of them. Yeah. You read the first half of the rule book. I'll read the second half, and we'll we'll figure it out. 
Yeah, I, I'm not going to read it, but I'll say I did. So okay. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do the exact same thing. Yeah. So we're good. Part of the experience. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jason, for coming mm-hmm. on. It, it was great talking with you. I, I we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk with your expertise about these living card games. Yeah, of course, I'm I'm happy you think I'm an expert. So that's I really appreciate that. <laughs> and, uh, no, I really appreciate being on here. It was a lot of fun. And it was really enjoyable. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Excellent. Right. Well. It was a great, it was a great discussion and cheers y'all. Cheers. Cheers.